When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To kick off the show, we're going to start with a little bit of something different. I don't know if I should have. I'm supposed to talk over the top of that or just let it run, but I've just let it run. Uh, Brad Lewis, producer of the uh, Run Home here on SCNZ, and uh, Ruben Bradley, the big boss dog, gents. Welcome in. Good intro as well, just to kick this uh, this new segment off. I was Good expecting afternoon. the Cheers music, where everybody knows. <laughs> uh, I had a lot of theme I songs. Know guys names. I, had a lot, I had a lot of theme songs on the list, uh, including The Godfather, but that didn't make the cut. Um, big big fan of the theme song. So we have a lot of uh, heated conversations out there mm. in the office, and I just would love for that to spill on here. Now, uh, bearing in mind, it has to be of the broadcast standard. <laughs> so, uh, Ruben, you in particular, Noted. some of the words that you use out in that office are definitely not for on here. Um, let's start with the ashes mm. um brad lewis i want to start with you uh, yes, fir- firstly um reaction did you get up this morning were you up late last night i was really looking forward to the final session i was going to watch two hours before heading to bed and then i see the covers on i'm like well there goes those plans um i woke up at 4 a.m as you do when you're my age because you have to have a toilet break and uh <laughs> i went on tribe and i saw that i think they were five down i think um kawaja had just got out i'm like yep. oh they're a chance now. I think they still need 70 runs. And then I was like, hopefully I wake up in the morning and see the result. Went on to Tribe at 7 o'clock when I woke up. And sure enough, I had just uh, knocked off the winning runs, which was disappointing from a, a neutral standpoint. Because as I said to you this morning, Sammy, if England are going to win this series, they have to win the tight games. Because I feel like the way that they play cricket and the way Australia plays cricket, there's an absolute shellacking coming their way at some mm. point in one of these test matches. Probably Lords, where Australia go really well. Yeah. Where Australia bat four, first score 600 and bowl England out twice. That's going to happen at least once. So now you're staring down the, the barrel of having to win three test matches, potentially, yeah. to win the series. And I don't know if this, they're, they're good enough to do that. There was actually a lot of criticism um, throughout the game, particularly from like the commentators, but also on social media that Pat Cummins was playing too conservative, like his fields were mm. too stoic and they weren't taking on Bears ball. But is that the blueprint? Do they ha- do they know what to do now? Is that or, or did England actually to just counter bo- it with did a, England botch the chance? Traditional- I, I think they did. I think mm. uh, the botch probably came via dropped catches. To be honest, I think yep. they would have they would have won that had uh, perhaps Root taken a caught and bowled earlier. He dropped yep. a couple before he finally got Kerry. Uh, and and then, first innings, they bowled Kawaja yep. off a no ball as yeah, well. Yeah, that's right. And, and missed the Cam Green stumping too. And so. Bestow's keeping was very average. He mm. dropped a couple. Um, and uh, Ben Stokes should have taken that catch. I think it was Cummins uh, with that uh, hook pull uh, shot there about uh, forty five. Minutes before the end of play, yeah, I watched it as well. I didn't sleep very well 
actually because I kept rolling over to see what the deal was and mm. you know obviously saw that the covers were on so I didn't watch from from the start tried to go to sleep and there's oh that's right one of the crickets started and then rolled over and I oh, know it's about 15 minutes away okay tried to go back to sleep and, and uh, yeah it was very disrupted evening but yeah. uh, but then the morning was just uh, you know just gripping it was brilliant I so, don't think England capitalised on Pat Cummings horrendous field settings and captaincy in that test he was very negative uh, putting a deep point and a deep mid wicket out in the first session of a test match when you've yep. got Pat Cummins, Scott Boland and Josh Hazelwood for me was without and, and Nathan Lyon was a difference maker as well the four wickets he got he got Joe Root in the second innings when Joe Root looked like he was uh, on the way to another century um, you know and, and look I know this is the way they play but I think Joe Root's shot to get out was pretty pretty horrific I, as well I, in the second innings they I, were, he was in control of that I actually thought Nathan Lyon was going to be the top wicket taker before the test started I think he might have actually ended up that way yeah. um, so if you are Australia then like I was saying before, do you do the same thing again? Yes. Yeah, you don't change a thing. Okay. And, and they've, I think with their batting, they've found a really nice balance. Like uh, Kawaja is the rock, and I think Steve Smith is, is rock number two option. Um, I think Manus is out of sorts. But but isn't that but, f- isn't it funny though that they they just won that test match? Yes. Where Steve Smith and Manus Labuschagne no combined That's for about a massive, thirty runs, and mm. Travis Head only got a, only got sixty odd runs combined in the test as well. Look, I think that for England is a massive lost opportunity. They win that test, I would have backed them in to win the series. I think they could have pinched at least another test. Mm. There's going to be a rain out. I think they would have won that series. Uh, but, but this is now them on the back foot. Australia don't change a thing. They, they, totally. they, they may they may bring in Mitchell Stark for Scott Bowles who I think was proven to be very ineffective as a bowler when a team is attacking him rather than just waiting to nick yeah. out to him. So I'd, I'd bring in Stark to give them a bit more aggression, but um, don't change a thing, just the, play the way you're playing. The thing about baseball is this is still essentially what was only 12 months ago, a pretty poor England team yes. that everyone thought was, you know, sort of bottom half of, of the test rankings. It almost feels, and, you know, this, of course they've got Joe Root, et, et cetera. They've got some very decent players in there, but they'd really been struggling. And the team hasn't basically changed. And it feels like baseball, although it's had a longer success than probably a lot of people realise, is like surprising everyone with that tactic, like a, a rush defence or a full court press that you never saw coming. Yeah. And Australia just needs to keep remembering, actually, it's the same bunch of guys and this surprise tactic perhaps can only last so long. And I think that's what they saw today and they got, uh, they got the close result as and- well. A uh, great point made from Mark Taylor during the series is what he liked about Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum is they're doing things the opposition don't want them to do. I think that backfired on them when Joe Root's on 120 not out in the first innings. They're eight down for 390. You're batting first on day one. Bat to stumps. Root could have scored another 50, 60 runs. Robinson looked in, in, in decent nick. Uh, those runs probably cost them the text. If, if they had scored 420, 430 in their first innings, they win the test. But, but the argument there is that you wouldn't have had the finish that we had had that declaration ta- taken would, place, would the early draw, declaration. Well, it could have been a draw or, you know, because of the rain, we might not even have got the cricket in. So, And we just saw how many but runs the, you but, can but, score. But how, quickly, how quickly Root scores, they would have got those runs in the four overs that were remaining yeah, on, that's true. on, on but day, then, day but one how, anyway. But, but the, the plan didn't 
they didn't execute the plan because had they got two wickets in that it final would have worked session, out. exactly. Correct. I'm reticent to criticise that declaration because we all know in in, in dimming light, end of the yeah, day, that was, kind of pressure. Can you survive to the end of the day? You do get wickets. Yeah. No, they didn't on day one, but yeah. there was a very good chance and, they could. have. And look, that's what's got them where they are. Is and they did it in the uh, in the test series against New Zealand and the pink board test where they declared at night when they were probably 60, 70 runs short of what most people thought was a good total that worked for them. Um, look, and they're going to live or die by the McCullum sword. It's mm. just how Brennan McCullum played his cricket. He lived and died by the way that he played his cricket, specifically from the time he became, became captain. Mm. Uh, and and look, they're, they're the best team in the world to watch right now. I love Harry Brook, love Joe Root, love what they're doing, love Ollie Robinson's aggression, but uh, I think they are staring down the barrel of, of, of not regaining the ashes now. I do think, despite what I said before about Australia taking confidence of the fact that it's still that same old team, England still needs to use Bazball as a technique because that's what well, they, they, they need to do to, to change. Change. Can't, they, they can't, they can't, they can't, they they can't change it. And they're buying themselves time to, you know, because to bowl this Australian side out. That's, but that's, that's but the that's, whole thing around. That, but yeah, the whole the whole point of Bazball is that you're forcing your opposition to play. Correct. Whereas you know, in the past, England would just put 500 runs on the board and then defend it. They they try to force an opposition, and that's why they they dangled the carrot of 250 odd runs or whatever it was to win the match yeah. 260 odd runs because that's an attainable target but you have to go for it you yeah. can't sit back and they and, and I'm sure they knew Australia were going to go for it here's a question uh, is the Ashes the best cricket in the world at the moment yes in terms of interest spectacle hype can't, can't watch delivery can't watch subcontinent yes. cricket because that whole spin bowler bowling the second over of the day <laughs> and just a terrible wicket that Australian Indian series was a terrible watch mm. it was an awful watch it was it was ball dominating bat to a degree that should should never go forward in, in test cricket but look I think you look at every every Ashes series that's been had in England since 2005 They've bettered the next one. So, like, that, that's the thing, right? Is, is that seems to be where the best cricket is played mm. is when England play Australia and England because the conditions even it up. Australia play England and Australia, Australia dominant team. Yeah, so, yeah. I think an Ashes series in England is the best form of cricket right now. And I guess bigger than that, it's Test cricket that I think mm. is the best. Yes, Ashes, of course, because that's the premier series of Test cricket. Yeah. But we're seeing that with New Zealand playing Test cricket as well. That, that England series here was outstanding. But I can't, but two, I, yeah. Two Test matches, New Zealand played this year went down to like the mm. last ball basically so yeah. and one against England one against Sri Lanka I, so. I can't think I can't remember the last time though for a test match I've been so enthralled with every single day then the sashes. You yeah. know, it's easy to get to lose track of day three and day day two and day three. Oh five, oh five. I was in Australia for two thousand five. Show my age here. I was um a young man followed a girl over there stupidly. But anyway, <laughs> so sorry. The point. I was living in Australia for the O five series. That was gripping. Every single day of that test series was gripping. So mm. uh, this has a lot to live up to. But the way that England are playing and the way they will continue to play means, as you said, Sammy, rightfully so, is they're going to force Australia to play cricket back at them. Mm. Yeah, and this is a as a great. Um, opening to the Ashes, you know, to have this happen in Game One just sets up the next four. I think there's going to be just so much hype around it. Um, State of Origin this evening, uh, that is a big one on the rugby league calendar for people. Um, Queenslander. Firstly, um, <laughs> do you watch it? Are you going to stay up and watch it, Ruben Bradley? I'm, honestly, I'm probably not. It's just probably going to be too late. Mate. If I'm completely honest, that's uh, actually that's a problem. That's a problem. That is a problem for a lot of is. Kiwis actually. I do know that it's, you're it's rewarded midweek. if you do commit to a live sports event. You go, yeah. I'm 
I'm gonna, I am gonna stay up for this. I'm gonna put, you know, uh, you are generally rewarded for that fact. So I'm not counting it out yet, but it's a long shot. But that, if I'm but that is a very common. Got um, a lot of work to do to look after you guys each day. That's Got to true. Start You'll early. be answering my emails at midnight <laughs> because that's it, a common thread with a lot of Kiwis though. Who it's the middle of the week, right? And mm. you know, it's it's a school night or a weeknight, whatever you want to call it. It's a ten o'clock kickoff. Often that turns it to ten thirty or whatever, and you're not finished until after midnight. It's it's a big commitment, even though it is you know the the greatest you know sort of rugby league quote unquote of the year it, it's a big commitment I'll be I'll certainly be staying up I do enjoy Origin um, tis also the reason why State of Origin will never be hosted in New Zealand yeah, agreed because mm. of the kickoff time because the Australian Network wants that 8 8.30 kickoff time yeah, right they want it late it's just not I don't just uh, you I know so we're not, 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 not going to get a 10.30 kickoff time why does Australia want an 8.30 kickoff on a Wednesday night it's prime time but is, is 7.30 so the, so on prime time? You have, you I have still the, don't see us doing a 9.30 New Zealand yeah, kickoff know, but, either. But just take that but, New Zealand but thing you out see, of it. you see, like, like uh, I think it's Network 10, right, has the news 6 to 7, and then they have the project, whatever, and right. you, you have those Australian shows. They all have a new show after their new show. Like, we used to have Campbell Live. Yeah. So I think you get to that 7.38, you need a half an hour build-up, you need Phil Gould to stand mm. on the post and <laughs> yeah. tell you why this is the greatest experience <laughs> in world sport. You need Dwayne The Rock Johnson to do this as State of Origin. Shannon, um, Shannon Noel performing yeah, tonight. Yeah, for what that. about me? But, but yeah, um, but, yeah. But, but, but why wouldn't 7.30 work? Like, isn't that prime time? Especially, they're facing the same problem as us. It's a weeknight. It it's is. a Wednesday weeknight it's just the case there. of extending that broadcast and that that prime time out as late as you can. Mm. If, if the game's done by 9.15, then you've you lost have, some prime opportunity to keep everything. Most people will switch off about 9.15. You can't yeah. have an Australian kickoff time of 6, 6.30. They just wouldn't. Well, not 6.30, no. But, but, you know, what's the latest time of a kickoff in New Zealand? 8 o'clock? Probably. 8.30, 8 8 maybe 8.30. No, no, no. 8 yep. o'clock would so be your eight, And I just can't see... Uh, Australia, like their, their television network, agreeing to like ten or nine, who have the rights to State of Origin, agreeing to a six o'clock kickoff. Yeah, when their news is right in the middle of that, they that's just fair. Do it. Is it does it is it weird to you, Ruben, that Kiwis get so behind State of Origin when we yeah. don't have any tie to it whatsoever? No, because it's kind of all we've got. I've grown up with it and yeah. always been a Queensland supporter and, and was really shocked actually the other day when uh, you guys on Arvos did a video trying to reveal who supported who uh, around the office. Oh, and, yeah. uh, the amount of New South Wales support actually shocked me and Brad and I wonder if it is a generational thing uh, because oh, 100%. when we first got introduced to it, it was Graham Lowe yeah. uh, who was coach. And, and it was Alfie sort of Langer, stuff. Steve Redoff, yeah. yeah. Willie Kahn. Certainly oh. watched a lot more of it when I was a young man. Yeah, Dale um, Shearer. So, so not weird to you at all, Brad, that Kiwis get so... No, look, I remember back in my schooling days at the old Calston Boys High School, uh, at lunchtime during Origin period, it was State of Origin. Yeah, you no, just I picked, do too. You just picked yeah. Blue and Maroon, and it was 27 on 27, <laughs> and and she was all on for 45 minutes. So uh, Origin, I think, has just been a big part of uh, New Zealand sporting culture because, you know, pre-Warriors, you know, in early 90s, not, we didn't have an NRL team to root for, right? So yeah. State of Origin was it, and it was easy. Pick a side. Okay. I'm going to pick the Maroons because the Maroons have a Kiwi coach. Yeah, yeah. There's all these little caveat reasons as to I why think people. There was also probably the underdog. Yeah, but see now, as but well then you're talking about the generational. But you talk about the generational thing. Yes. The New South Wales were the underdogs for the best part of ten yeah. years for you know, the mid 2000s, and mm. that is probably why a lot of people my generation support New South Wales. Um, quick prediction. Oh, um, thirteen plus Queensland. That's, yeah, okay. I think the Blues are going to win tonight. Wow. Can we just get that? But I also think that, please, I also Robbie? think Queensland will win in Sydney in their last game. But I, Ooh, that's I, a big call. That's a big call back in Sydney. Brad Fittler, uh, perfect record in game twos. New South Wales have won eight of the last ten game twos. I think it is, or something yep. similar to that. Uh, and there's very rarely do you get a dead rubber in State of Origin because it's that little two percent more where you have to win that matters in Origin. And look, let's be honest. 
uh, New South Wales were a missed tackle away from from winning that people, game. People need to remember that in that in game one, New South Wales should have won that game. Yeah, they apart were the, from the last ten minutes. Aside from the first ten minutes and the last ten minutes, yeah. they were the best side for an hour. Yeah, they just didn't do enough to put them away. The key will be Jerome Luai has to have the best game of his life tonight. And if he does that, Mitchell Moses will take care of anything else, and I think they can win. Yeah, I think there's a few players in there that have to have their best games of life. Uh, we've got to take a break. Uh, boys, stay there. When we come back, uh, there's a couple more topics I want to get into, including the all-white saga um, that's continually developing after yesterday. Uh, if you want to react to anything, text on double eight double three. If you want to throw a topic at us as well, uh, we'd love to hear it. We'll take a short break here. Back in a moment. 26 minutes past 12 here on ECNZ Afternoons with Staffy and doing something different here on a Wednesday. Our working name at the moment is the Wednesday Caucus. Because I feel like it's semi-political. Um, yeah. What happened to cabinet? You suggested cabinet. I, I thought cabinet. And I thought caucus was a bit more um, specific. You know, cabinet is the whole sort of cabinet, shebang, isn't cabinet it? But is, cabinet is is the upper echelon. That's the ministers. Caucus is everyone. And yeah, well, no, I, I, I think, want I think it to that's a bit more, no, like, like a little bit of a, you know, the upper echelon. No, no, no. See, that's the problem with you, Ruben. More you're elitist. VIPs. <laughs> you're elitist. I want everyone involved. That's why it's the caucus. <laughs> you're a man of, of the people, Sam. Exactly. Uh, a couple of teas coming on double eight, double three. We'll get to very shortly. We want to talk about the all whites um, story, which mm. obviously broke yesterday morning. Uh, they didn't. Uh, they refused to come back out at halftime. Racial slur. And what's happened over the last twenty four hours? And Qatar now have come out, and in a way, predictably sort of back, you know, denied it, but then thrown out the accusation that it was the New Zealand footballers who who used the racial slur on Qatar, which to me just means there's going to be this investigation and it's just going to be he said, she said, and mm. nothing's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if, if you are in Qatar's <laughs> position... Uh, FIFA's position for that matter as well. That's your own. They've turned it into a he said, she said. Exactly. Or he and said, he said. Make the thing, yeah. the thing so messy and convoluted, and uh, yeah, you know, one person's word against another that nothing can be resolved. And they essentially desperately need to make sure that the referee heard nothing. Yeah, and Andrew Dewhurst actually raised a good point. You say he mm. said the difference in this is going to be whether there's any audio they mm. can find. Yeah, no audio, and it, it, this issue will not get resolved at no. all. If there is somehow some microphone somewhere that picked up what was said, then different story. But mm. yeah, yeah, look, as, if, uh, as, if, as if FIFA was going to do anything to begin with anyway. But now they've, like you said, it's almost landed on a platter for them to do absolutely nothing. The only thing that makes me uh, a little bit curious if they might try to be stronger than perhaps most of us suspect is the fact, and credit Ricardo <laughs> raised, this, raised this point this morning, the next big tournament is here. Yes. So yeah, they, they can't just ignore New Zealand because they have no um, influence in the footballing world. Actually, this year we do have a little bit of influence. Mm. I was going to ask you because um, Samantha Hayes last night on TV3 News Hub called it Cutter. So as oh, a yes. former television producer, oh, okay. yeah, is it is... Qatar or Qatar? I, yeah. thought, I go yeah. with Sam Hayes because she pronounces everything. I was going to say, that be well like Qatar. Qatar was, uh, what, Qatar. I do remember being coached on that at one right. stage. Qatar, yep. all right. And okay. uh, also a great job, Michael O'Keefe on his two news hub stories yesterday. <laughs> did a great job. Look, I hate these stories. They're just icky and uh, not what sport's about. And this is why we need to stamp out racism across sport. And what is annoying is that... Um, Qatar have now played the the he said he said card, yeah. and they've played the they, they've played their side of of the racial card. And look, I didn't see too many Qatar players um, fire up immediately. Where I saw yeah. eleven all whites all pretty pumped up uh, and furious about what was said. And Joe Bell, who's a pretty chill dude, yeah. uh, that's as animated as you'll ever see that guy. So clearly, 
it was something very offensive to the point where Joe and um, Darren Baisley and the like were just like, and, let's not go and, out. And um, uh, Mata, what's the guy's name? Um, I can't remember his first name, but Mata. Max? Is it Max? Max? Yeah. He... Um, you watch the video. He runs straight up to the referee saying, yeah, you, can't you? Say yeah. you can't he say that. You can't say that. He did say that, yeah. And you don't just run up and say that if your teammate's making something. You know what I mean? Like, that's an instant and reaction. I do, I do agree. When we were talking about this yesterday uh, in the newsroom as we were all debriefing it as well, the guy, no one makes this stuff up. Like, you well, wouldn't... No, you not wouldn't when you're have up 1-0. Ex- exactly. You wouldn't have sat in the dressing room or, you know, and, and doubled down on on if, if one person had heard something. You know, it, it, if one person had thought they'd heard something and no one else had, I don't think you would have had a whole team yeah. uh, plus officials refusing to come out. The, no the, one makes this stuff And it's possible up. that this player in uh, post-game has, you know, potentially, and his teammates may not have heard any of the racism that he's saying was directed at him. He may just have said this as a defence mechanism and now his football federation are backing him, which is fair enough Mm. because he's probably come out and said, I was racially abused throughout the match as well. Now, the newsroom and uh, NZ Herald, I think, reported yesterday that there was the use of the N-word and that was the racial slur that was used. Um, And Ricardo did raise a point that sometimes, and this is absolutely zero excuse, but sometimes uh, some of those countries aren't as sensitive to a word like that. So it gets thrown out not sort of thinking that's that offensive, even though it very much is. Mm-hmm. And that, like I said, is no excuse. But maybe there's a bit of lost in translation there as well. That, I'm not sure. That may There may be a lost in translation or, or something like that hasn't quite made sense. I think the biggest issue was that in the moment, absolutely nothing was done Correct. about it. That, it was that not, is what there the, was no talking to. There was no nothing. There was no, I've got to find out what's what happening. Whites, it was just like, no, go away. That is what the all-whites have said were they most upset about is the fact that the officials did nothing about it. And that's why they refused to come out at halftime. Got to take a break for news, sport and weather, gents. Just one more. A quick topic I want to bring up with you. Uh, we do have Trent Copeland joining us uh, in around about 10 or 15 minutes' time to talk about the Ashes. Uh, keep your texts coming in on double eight double three. We'll be back after new sport and weather. Nice little shortened version there. Oh, we're, we're going to go back to the start as well. Afternoons with Staffy here. Sammy sitting in for Staffy today. Uh, and then McIver's taking over Thursday, Friday. Have uh, Brad Lewis and Ruben Bradley in the studio with me, just chewing the fat on some topics. Um... Someone's texting here, what about Cristiano Ronaldo getting a goal in his 200th appearance this morning? What a legend. Does Do, do we still care about Cristiano Ronaldo? <laughs> I, well, I can't completely so switch Ronaldo. off Ronaldo because seven-year-old still runs around as all about exactly Ronaldo. Right. See, that is, so, isn't that the key, though? Isn't this is that? my issue. So he, paint this picture. Where I'm at my kids' football game on Saturday, and uh, all of them, whenever they score a goal, do the old Sue. Yeah, and yeah. before the game, the coach is like, right, what do you guys want to do on three? And they're like, Sue. So like, one, two, three. And the whole team went, Sue. <laughs> so you got like 11 little fellas doing, it's just, it's just really graining. I'm like, son, Messi is a better player. <laughs> what? Honestly, like him, though. Like him more. But he doesn't do the Sue, Dad. I'm like, yeah. oh, he, he t- takes off his top and just sort of waves his name around. Yeah. Like, I've just sort of switched. I've also sort of switched off from an elite following football. I've sort of switched off Messi now as You're well. You're not interested in him in the MLS? I'm curious, but from an elite footballing thing, no. I'm, sorry. Sorry. I'm a little bit more interested in the MLS, maybe, be, mm. but less interested in Messi. And then the same thing happened for Ronaldo once he the went Saudi to Saudi League Saudi Arabia. in three years' time is going to have all of the best players in the world. Yeah, it's. I'm gonna, telling you, like like 70% of the best the players in the world are going to be playing the Saudi League, and you're right, it's going to be like the IPL, and they may have to reconfigure club windows around 
the Saudi Arabian League. Oh, that's a great topic. I'd love to talk about that. Talk to you about that another time. Um, just quickly, lads, we've got about two minutes. Um, we haven't talked any uh, rugby yet, Super Rugby this weekend. Uh, Chiefs or Crusaders? Rubes? Uh, Chiefs. Chiefs uh, by seven. Okay. I just think uh, they've just been so good this year. I, I, it's the heart really wants. I'm a Blues fan, but the heart really wants that to happen. Formerly Chiefs, though, because I'm a Harbour boy. We were Chiefs when Super Rugby started. Don't forget that Chiefs for life. <laughs> <laughs> but just the season they've had, they deserve it. It will be incredibly tough. I could well be wrong, but yeah. yeah as as a neutral, not not really fuss. What I will leave you with is at the start of the year, if you said the Chiefs and the Crusaders would play three times, how many times would the Crusaders win? You would say at least once. Mm. Scott Robertson is the best coach in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he will figure out a way to get the job done. And i tell you what, I was talking to my father-in-law and we both said at exactly the same time as we were debriefing last Friday's game against the Blues. It was like, I'm really glad that he's going to be coaching the All Blacks. Yeah, Because well, it was just like, for him to do that with that team that he had, it was like, Okay, that's if, all right. This is okay. If he is, if he isn't already, if he wins on um, Saturday, he will be, in my mind, the greatest Super Rugby coach of all time, and that could extend to the All Blacks should you know it go how his Super Rugby career has gone. It'll be very interesting over the next couple of years. Gents, we're running out of time. Uh, thanks heaps for coming in. Uh, debut of the Wednesday caucus. No, it may change to cabinet should you pick up your game. In the <laughs> no sub chat. <laughs> no submarine chat. Wanted to talk about the lost submarine in oh, the North crikey. Atlantic, but we don't have time. We'll do that another day. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can do it with I, Stephen McIver tomorrow. I hope. I, oh, I just, you want that miracle. You want that caving style miracle. Yeah, that's true. Well, it may happen. We'll keep eyes on it. Thanks, gents. Thanks for coming in. There you go. Ruben Bradley, Brad Lewis joining us.